Hello and welcome to When Will It End? It's the movie podcast, the one you know, the one you love. It's where two guys get together. We pick a film series of movies. We sit down on our couches, sometimes with our partners, sometimes alone. Sometimes I watch my office if I'm running late, Eek. which which should not happen tonight. Really? Really, me and Allison uh, watched. Uh, we we actually got pretty invested in the in the the core trilogy of the Piverse. Yeah, are you guys planning? I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Also, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm Charles. Now I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm Josh. I'm still mostly myself. Are you planning on? Is she planning on joining for the uh, American Pie Presents, or is she just in for the the core four? I don't know. I, pitching Allison on doing four spinoff. American Pie movies in it. I mean, we've so okay. As obviously devoted listeners know, we are absolutely shaved balls deep in the American Pie movies, and we're cracking off a real slice of pie here. It's it's eight movies counting the spinoffs, most of which seem to be dedicated towards fleshing out the world of Jim's dad. Which, by the way, <laughs> that's sort of why we did this. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm so sorry. We had a bit. I think I even came up with a bit. I don't remember whose idea it was, but... I think if it was a good idea and it was good podcasting, I'm going to take credit for it. You know what? I fucked it up so badly that you can have it. Um, Thank you. It's generous of you. You're a kind and generous partner and hopefully lover. Yeah, I think so. Amy will one day get on the podcast where she will probably not answer that question, but I am now like, I so now want to give him the MVP at at certain like yes last yesterday episode I almost did but I feel like I can't anymore because I fucked that bit up so bad now it just he's off limits I don't know this this movie really pushed me if the first movie is about Jim embracing himself as a sexual being and the second movie is about him embracing himself emotionally and realizing that he is in fact a band geek this movie's really about him accepting his father it is true and I was pretty moved by. You know, Eugene Levy, look, when this movie started, I was worried. How is he going to walk in on Jim doing something sexual? I was so concerned. Were you, you were worried restaurant. that it wasn't going like, to happen or that they were well, just... Jim's about to propose to Michelle and you're like, man, how is Eugene Levy going to walk in on them fucking now? And then, of course, Jim brought the box for the ring, but not the ring itself, which... Classic, I mean... Classic Jim move. Classic Jim. We could just assume there's a perfectly sound reason behind that but yes jim's dad gets to watch him get a sloppy bleach under the table uh during his proposal i was expecting the ring box to be filled to the brim with cum and stifler you know as stifler does just walks into frame and then and is, gargles the cum yeah right and out just of like thing. yeah talking to some two hot chicks he just keeps going, hey, it's the stiff. When did he get that laugh? Is that new or is it just I like, forgot that it was a part? <laughs> this is the movie. Okay, so traditionally, I think we talk about in these series, the second film is usually where things get a bit much. And I want to preface this by saying this is probably the weakest of the three, and I still pretty much enjoyed it. Um, Stifler kind of goes to full sociopath cartoon level in this, and like he is just gacked he's just bouncing off the walls he is a fucking tasmanian devil of a character in this like more so than the first two he is like a psychotic person in this so you know me i am i was reluctant to do this series and the first one was a surprise charmer i actually 
I give it three stars on Letterboxd. You know, it was it was a success. I don't think it was doing anything great. It was sort of it it what it did. It did solidly, and I I liked it. I might watch it again someday. Number two, eh? It was weaker. It was it for me. It didn't do it. Set out to do more than it could, and it was okay. It was still sort of charming. The whole gang was together, and they were still aging gracefully into a part of the franchise. The franchise felt real. It wasn't felt like a tacked on thing. It was like, oh, this is actually an important next step for all these characters. Number three, I fucking hated. Really? I fucking hated this movie. Oh, that's, I'm so sad to hear that. I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, I thought that, I, as ugh. usual, it, it walks that line of objectionable shit and weirdly forward-thinking bits. It right. definitely is the sweatiest of the three. Um, I was impressed at how, as usual, it dipped its toes into homophobia and transphobia, but somehow managed to have weirdly redemptive moments with LGBTQ characters that I was genuinely – I was really worried going into the gay bar scene that things were going to get – uh, very uncomfortable. But actually, I kind of liked most of that. That, that was, was pretty well done. Maybe my second favorite scene in the movie. Starting off is like... So I'm going to... Before I keep going, I'm going to say, as much as I hated the experience of watching this movie, there are things in it that I liked. And I just think the movie is a mess. The movie had no stakes. The characters aren't what they should be. There are reasons why I hated this coming in as a franchise. But there's still things to talk about. And that the gay... Like, I was... When he... When there's the the person sitting next to him at the bar who's got the low voice, and I was like, oh my god, is this going to be some Mike Myers shit? And that scene somehow got salvaged, and it actually always comes back to Stifler being a piece of shit. Well, once again, like in the other movies, they come in there with their assumptions about, in this case, another classically othered character to teen to vulnerable teen boys. Like if it's been girls up to this point, they interact with with gay men, a trans person, and their misconceptions about that community and their prejudices are challenged and they end up having to go outside of their comfort zone to humanize people and have an actual meaningful exchange, which does not happen in so many movies exactly like this, which I'm not saying they get all the credit in the world for not full hate criming, but like once again, this movie took a left turn away from the obvious lowest common denominator shit that like is really nauseating and didn't do that, which I thought was, again, for what it is, not so bad. I think its heart was in the right place, too. It wasn't just that like it was making fun of it wasn't it was actually I think it really was because everyone who isn't Stifler, who is just a piece of shit, is like they're all just like, dude, what the fuck? And they make there's that really bad joke that I wouldn't have put in the movie where it's like equating the amazing who is the actor who plays the uh the dance off slash um the the guy that runs the the stripper company that is eric allen kramer incredible who has appeared in true romance robin of men in tights he played thor in the incredible hulk returns 1988 they make a stifler makes a joke equating him to buffalo bill in yes and that joke sucks, but the response to it, right? If that were in an Austin Powers movie, he'd have an entourage of losers laughing at him. Where in this, the guy's just like, dude, that sucked. And then he walked out of the room. Yeah. So it always, even though the jokes are bordering on hate speak, it always does come back to that it's like, this is not the way to be. And everyone around them, everyone around Stifler's like, dude, you got to fucking grow up and stop being such right. a homophobic piece of shit. Well, and then once again, Stifler is really put through the ringer in this. You know, he does eat, literally eat shit, which 
I, I do think is probably one of the worst experiences a human can possibly have, right? Well, we've talked about this when we talked about after watching, I think it was Fast 9, or not even Fast 9, the, the ninth in the, in the Furious verse, where you listed things like ways, like torture, you would just not even enter torture. I think that would be my starting point if I were put in charge of a prison camp where torture was was happening. The shit eating would be like the first week, like the intro course. So like you would, found this inspiring towards your future career as like a concentration camp commandant? I mean, it seems likely that in the next few years that I'm... Look, man, I'm in the fucking restaurant industry, service, hospitality. That's not, I don't know if that's going to survive COVID. So When they came for the waiters, I said nothing. When they came for the bartenders, I said nothing. Josh, where were you? Ah, I was busy probably watching American Pie for American Reunion. Uh, so you, you made a good point earlier that I do agree with. And this is a point that my beloved fiance, Allison, pointed out at the end of the movie. The stakes of the movie are unfortunately low because as much as we want to watch these characters grow up, and I think they do some good work with that, we don't really care about the wedding. No. Like it, it's such a – like it's a very convenient premise, but we don't really – feel that engaged with it because again in the other movies everything has been just like a stage for the characters to develop and have experiences on and the fact that it's a wedding and we don't really care about it is sort of a problem right and and this is the big one for me is that stifler gets fucking second bill status basically and it becomes his story more than any other character and i don't want that he's not a good actor in that way. He's a great, he's great at being the cop twin. He's great at being Stifler. He's not great at being an emotional loser that I actually like have a soft spot for and want to see how he can grow. Well, even, even worse, Charles, you know, often I'll read the IMDb trivia page for information about the film that your average peasant on the street would not have access to. I think everyone has it. I mean, maybe not but every today, peasant. but today I looked at a different page. That's right. The dreaded IMDb goofs page. And if you're a director out there, you just burst into a cold sweat. Because the worst fate you could imagine is ending up on the dreaded, the fucking humiliating IMDb goofs page. And I think we both know the goofs involving Stifler that took us both out of the movie. Okay. So when Stifler picks up the dog poop with the paper, there are grass clippings on it. When they show it later... It's grass-free because it's not a goof. With the chocolate joke. No, that's, that's a, a big. That's a mistake. Josh, Josh, movie. Josh. I'm going. I'm going to come into Jesse's defense here. Can you imagine? Okay, so say Jesse you act- Dylan, of course. I believe that's Bob Dylan's son. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, I am right. That's Bob Dylan's son. Director wow, he's like this only directed touch, three things. <laughs> the touch of the Zimmerman family is all over this. Uh, iconic american story i was joking when i said that and then immediately realized when i clicked the link that i was actually right (laughs) which is sobering um there's so many things about that scene first of all i love that stifler the way he walks a dog is to throw treats four feet in front of the dog that he is walking no leash just oh we get it you have a dog jesus casually launching treats a few feet ahead of the dog well, just to, on the dog bit, the the it looks like they're having sex. The dog scene, I burst out laughing. Like I knew it was coming, right? But I still, I still loved it. I was a human centipede of of man dog love. That was amazing. That was a, another good scene because Stifler was Stifler. He was enjoying getting his dick licked by a dog. Everything about that scene worked, and then I think 
Eugene Levy worked. But back to the grass. Okay, so you, <laughs> the dog has shit that you've been waiting. Finch comes by and somehow knows. He has this deep-seated knowledge that you have fed the ring to the dog, even though he didn't see it happen. He just knows that you're waiting. No, no, for the... we did see it happen. No, no, Finch didn't. Finch didn't. Oh, Finch didn't. Yeah. I just, I love that bit where he's like, it cuts to Stifler sitting by himself on a bench watching two dogs waiting for them to shit, and then Finch just idly strolls by and says, "You fed that ring to that dog, didn't you?" It's like, that was great. Finch owns. I mean, if I had freshly plucked a ring, a diamond ring out of shit, I would make sure to get the grass out of there. So I think the ring is still in the shit when he puts it in his mouth. Right. I'm saying you 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 pluck it using the paper and then you delicately. No, he has the whole turd. No, no, no. You're I'm saying, saying he cleaned off the turd after he picked it up. Yeah, he still so has. You're to saying di- there's a logical continuity that disproves this IMDb goof. I'm just saying it's not necessarily a goof because I might in that situation get rid of the grass, so I would just have to deal with turd and ring. Well, it's funny because like you know some people didn't like Bob Dylan's gospel period which by the way is a classic a classic sign of a chump if you don't understand bobby's gospel period you know is this the gospel period for jesse dylan was this the move the 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 work in his uh pantheon of 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 craft that people struggled with i don't know i would suggest putting this so i came to jesse's defense earlier but now i'm coming hard at him Mm. you know what's funnier than oh he directed how high yeah and he directed kicking and screaming the one with will ferrell and robert duvall um, what's funnier than a Stifler eating poop? Stifler eating grassy poop. That You could have had it sticking out of his teeth. You could have had it. Okay, you're you having your cake and eating it too now. You're saying that there's a logical reason why Stifler removed the grass from the poop. And now you're saying it could be funnier if there was grass in the poop. Pick I'm, one. I'm appreciating. No, no, those are both valid. Okay. I'm saying it is, it isn't a goof for the reasons that the IMDb user outlined. Mm. It is a goof because Jesse didn't see the comedy gold that he had in his hand. In well, his can shit. I blow your mind for a minute? Blow it, baby. Only one out of two found that goof oh. interesting. So in a way, we represent the sample pool of people who engaged with this IMDb goof. Yeah. I mean, it's accurate. It's, it's, we're going to see it. We've seen all the polling for president. Was Stifler running this year? I mean, I'd vote for him. I vote for Stifler in a heartbeat. Honestly, the clowns they got in Washington. Okay, I don't. I'm not trying to get political, but yeah, I make a pact. We both we both live in Massachusetts, where it does not matter what we do. You want to vote for Stifler? Stifler? You want to write, no, for write, sure. write, write done, done. I was going to write either either Jerry Garcia or my cat. So I think Stifler is a. a How worthy... do we want to do it? Do you want to do the Stiffmeister? You want to do just Steven Stifler? I think Steven Stifler, because like if he's running for office, right. I think you have to run under your Christian name. Yeah, they might not count the vote if we wrote the Stiffmeister. I think I don't want to call in the Secretary of State, Bill Galvin, on this. But if it comes to that, I'll get him on the horn. So there's another disastrous goof that oh, marred Jesse I, Dillon's film. I don't even know if I want to hear it. I'm not trying to pick on him. But we're this is a movie about Stifler, and it matters how we tell these stories. Okay. At the gay bar, Stifler was twirling counterclockwise. But in the second scene... He was twirling clockwise. Where's your fucking explanation for that, Charles? Okay, so you've all seen Breathless. Uh, of course, yeah. Okay. And by the way, not the first time there's an article in Film Forum that does draw a lot of these same parallels that I'm sure you're about to touch on between uh, uh, Godard's Breathless and Dylan's American Wedding. So right. uh, pray not offend the more pedantic among us who did our homework tonight. 
okay, and well, point out the many obvious connections between the two. I'm just going to say it for the people that didn't do their homework, which I hope no one's doing their homework because I saw a meme that homework is the way that the institution gets you used to doing work outside of work. Okay, you fucking hippie. Hashtag just get to the socialism. point. Uh, cutting, quick cutting. What is it called? Blap cutting? Slim- blap, blap cutting? Yes. Yeah. Slimming the, just slimming it down. Yeah. There's a scene in, in Breathless where a woman's getting into a car, and rather than just show her getting into a car, Jean-Luc said, editor, but he said this in French, and I don't speak French. He said, editor, just cut it. Just cut, just cut random things. So here's my thinking is Jesse, obviously an artist, maybe even an artiste because of his father, uh, is aware of the, the blip cutting or whatever it's called. And he's like, whoa, maybe I will cut here. And even though it appears that it's a seamless, it's supposed to be maybe like, again, this IMDb user is just maybe dumb and wants the story to flow seamlessly. But Jesse is an artist, you know? So he cuts. And even though it seems like he's spinning different directions, there's probably 20 seconds, maybe even hours. Maybe Je- maybe fucking Stifler's been dancing for hours. You so know? you're saying Jesse Dillon is taking us in this verite manner into not... Stifler literally dancing in a linear manner, but the, the the jouissance of being in a club where the lights are dazzling, there's hunks everywhere, there's people making out. You know, we're not watching Stifler in this simple A B C. We're going A L Q Z T. We're having this like okay, so it's like a multi-dimensional immersion into the Chicago gay bar where they inadvertently run into Leslie, who twist is a man who makes the dress. For Allison Hannigan, which we never see, yeah, we never see it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of it's, what to do about the dress business, and we never end up seeing the dress. Really, well, we see it, but it doesn't look like much of a dress. So this is the this is the problem I had with the second one, and especially the third one, is that the bits become much more forced. And I like I like looked up who I forgot it was like director or one of the actors. I look up there at Eugene Levy's house look at my phone for literally five seconds. I look up and they're fucking in Chicago. And then just suddenly they're back. Like, it's just the way Hold things on, move. Let me, you fucking dope. Finch is stalking Michelle because Jim wants to have the perfect wedding for Michelle. Right. Finch, from stalking Michelle, striking out, finding a dress at the dress stores in Michigan, realizes that what she really wants is in Chicago. Stifler wants to see some titties in Chicago. Yeah. So they end up in a gay bar after it turns out they have to wait overnight to hear back from the dressmaker at the fancy shop where Finch lays the seeds for a transformation of Stifler's homophobia. His association of gay as a pejorative is there transformed into an association with sophistication, style, and fun. Would you drive to Chicago to see some titties? I've been to Chicago. I've seen titties in Chicago. You didn't, you didn't, did you drive there for the titties? I once drove to Chicago specifically for titties and secondarily to play a show. And then through a, not comic, but through a a miscommunication, let's say, I ended up sleeping on someone's porch because their boyfriend was home. (gasps) Wow. This is like, you could have been the guy that was discovered in the closet or under the bed. It never got quite that far, but I let's just say I had a certain understanding of what was going on, and it turned out some crucial pieces of information had not been communicated to me, namely the existence of said boyfriend. 
This is, yeah, this is how I was also beaten severely once. I was, I want to stress, not beaten severely. I slept on a porch for a night, which was fine. Similar. Not really. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so hold on. A minute ago, you said, and I think, and forgive me, I'm not trying to take a swipe at you. You're a dear friend of mine. I, I consider you like a brother. As long as you're swiping right. <laughs> swipe right on Christ. Um, you were suggesting Jacob, uh, that, uh, excuse me, not Jacob Dylan. And by the way, Jesse Dylan, I'm so sorry. I feel like <laughs> that must be a constant problem for you. You're a slightly more successful brother. Um, you, we were talking about, you know, does being Bob Dylan's son make you an artiste? Well, let me read you this little piece of trivia, and maybe it'll answer the question for you. Love to Because 41 it. of 46 found this enlightening. In the scene where Michelle hits her head under the table while she is pleasuring Jim, period, Allison Hannigan was actually using her hand to make the bump noise. But after 30 takes, she couldn't do it anymore due to her hand was in pain and getting very swollen. Uh, the crew wound up giving her a rubber mallet to make the hits to the table. 30 takes. So I, I'm going to vote no on interest because they just zipped in, in a Charles-style manner. They just zipped right past the interesting part of that. Right. Jesse was – look, I know Hollywood movies take a lot of takes, okay? We're not all Woody Allen in his 70s who basically shoots a table read and it's done, okay? Or Clint Eastwood, same vibe. Um, this movie, Jesse was like – we need to sell the scene where Michelle is pleasuring Jim under the table while Jim's dad uh, tries to hype him up for the proposal he is inadvertently interrupting. Do you think Jesse was like, so I, after the 20th, 20th take, he's like, I, I understand you're under this table, but really I need this bump that is, I don't even know if it's, do we even see, I guess, yeah, we do see the bump, but it's like. Oh, it's a big bump. And then Jim has to cover for the bump. Michelle is hearing for the first time that her bow Jim, who she's anally simulated with a trumpet just a movie ago, is preparing to propose to her. And Jesse's like, Michelle, imagine. So not only do you have a cock in your mouth, okay? Just, it's it's not a big cock, it doesn't seem like, but it is Jim's We've cock. We've certainly gotten, I would say, after three movies, a pretty good impression of Jim's penis. And it seems like a pretty classic penis. Like we're not I don't think there's a lot of surprises. Now is there scarring from when he super glued his hand to his penis? Probably. Maybe it's, it's probably. like a horrific, you know, scar tissue encrusted nightmare. Um he seems happy with it after in the second one. So I think it's fine. But with his penis? Yeah, he seems like, "Oh, it's healed." I think he's okay. I th- I don't think there's any scarring, but we have seen I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but I started so I will not stop. In the first one he puts a sock over it and it barely gets past the heel, erect. In this one, it barely makes like it looks like a fist. Someone like someone's fist is in his pants. I didn't get that impression. No, no, it looked like a. Well, in the second movie, there's a bit of trivia where uh, they used a sausage for his penis in one scene. So when? Wait, when was this? Um, one of the many scenes where his dick is out for some reason. I don't even remember. It's so. It's just I've I've wiped it. Um. We have to address some of the biggest elephants in the room on this movie. And no, not that it's the only movie in the whole franchise, including the spinoffs that was filmed in the 2.391 format. We're not talking about that. I noticed that. And this one looked kind we're of not, shit. I'm not you sure lie. we're not talking? It looked terrible. There was a cut where they go to Chicago and it's like so obviously stock footage that they found like rotting in some poor man's basement. It looked like we went back to like Ferris Bueller's days off for, day off for a second. And uh, I was looking because I was like, first one, tight 90. Second one, not even fucking close. I don't even know if we talked about it, but not a tight 90. 
And this one also is in a tight 90, yet it could have been because there are literally shots of like men riding motorcycles in the street. To what? To give us the flavor of the town? Cut it. Well, look, all of us dream of going to Chicago, getting that deep dish pizza, a Chicago dog. Where was the pizza drag it shot? Through the garden. Uh, no pizza shot. Uh, the Chicago Cubs. Where's the that White bean? Sox. The bean. They could have shown that bean. Oh, the bean. The bean. They could have shown Club Rectum, the best noise venue in Chicago. They could have. That could have been the gay bar. They could have gone to Reckless Records in Boys Town or Reckless Records in Wicker Park, where I once scored a rare Masana record on uh, Alchemy from the 90s, and it was in great condition and really inexpensive. Great. That's a, I love that. That's such, a, that's such a nice feeling. Honestly, that probably felt better than watching this movie. But no, what we're here to discuss is the virtual decimation of the cast in this movie. Oh, I'm so glad. I don't, I'm sort of glad you brought it up, and then also just I almost didn't even really want to fucking talk about it. Chris Klein? What the gone. fuck? Tara Reid? Gone. Mina Suvari? Gone. Natasha Leone? Gone. Shannon Elizabeth? Sorry, Nadia. While you get name-checked and are the only member of this list to actually get recognition, though I'm told from a little birdie that in a deleted scene, Jim explains that Oz is absent from the wedding because he's still in Spain with Heather. Why don't... What happened? He was... I mean, obviously, I felt a little bit more strongly about this because... He is my entryway. He is the door into the Piverse for me. He is the guy that I would be in high school, would be in college. Mm. And he's just, I guess that's it. I would also probably just have abandoned Jim at this point in my life. So it sort of does make sense. But as someone who wants to enjoy watching this franchise, having the like the guy that was my, like, you know, we talked about it in Turtles. I'm Raphael. You're what? Leonardo? I'm Don't- Raphael. You're Raphael. I'm Leo. You're not Leo. You're more of a Donatello type. I'm Donatello. I, I, I got a little. I got to rewatch. But anyway, like that's the fun. Like Harry Potter, you're like, oh, I get to be an orphan, or I get to be a sick Irish boy, or I get to be a Muggle. Like these are all things that you could be, and you can latch onto that as you watch or read. And they have stolen my latch. Like I am a parasite without a host. I mean, that's rough. I I, I did miss the sort of friendly slow but sweet quality of, of oz i missed him i went down a real tough rabbit hole because i was like halfway this is another thing i looked up while i was watching this movie was like where the fuck oz is and apparently he had an interview with huffington post where he was just like i don't know if you've read this interview he is a chiller really he starts off being like happy sunday my guy oh man i hope you really enjoy hunger games and then he's like Look, if you're asking me would i get spleefed with chris klein would i roll up a fatty and shoot you down with the Klein man? Yeah, I'd get fucked up with Oz. I'd party. Oh, my God. I'd slam some claws with Klein. Um, he He's like, and he's just, the guys are like asking sort of hard questions. And he's just like, oh, you know what, man? I don't fucking give a shit. Who gives a shit? Like, like do you have, do you care? Are you like, when you came back for the fourth one, were you all hard and like sad and angry? He's like, you know what, man? I just love being back. It's like, fuck yeah, dude. You're so cool. Dude. I want to hang out with Chris. Even though he seems pretty boring. Chris Klein owns... Um, now, speaking of absences, I'm sure you noticed no trip to dog years to get a friggin' a wiener. Yeah. We didn't go to dog years at all in this movie. No, this, so this is it. This is like, we've noticed trends in franchises. The second one often takes a dip and the third one is like, understands what the problem was and corrects it. This is the other problem where it's just, you know what? They don't, this is the cash grab. This is like. 
you know, the Jaws 4 where it's just, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Okay, look. They got the characters that were on the, like, why didn't, if this were an actual movie in the Pivers, those four people, five people that you mentioned would have been in the fucking movie. Hold on. These are all written by Adam Hertz. At least he's the, well, the credited writer. So Lord knows what that means. Um, I don't entirely agree. I think that I liked the second one. I think it maintained, if not improved, the energy of the first one. I like that this one, again, they really tried to it's, – it's, it's not a inconsistent series. Like I don't think anything happens in any of them that's like radical departures or – I think they actually maintain a certain tone to varying degrees of success. But I admire that compared to many of the series that we watch. There isn't some crazy stylistic shift. There isn't some wild attempt to overreach. It's all pretty manageable. They're all ultimately pretty quaint, cute movies. This is not the best one. It's probably it's easily the worst of the first three. But I admire that they didn't like try to like throw an audible and do something totally crazy. You know, and no, in that's... a way, it's like they they pare down the cast a little bit to focus on some characters who need to like advance, and they do. We talked about this last episode on paper. This is great. So you have high school students moving to college, but college summer, great move, and then you have. College kids, you skip three years, they're graduated now, and one of them's getting married. Great move. These are like, we're not, it's not like, you know, a TV show where a year, for some reason, this is big in TV where a season happens, the next season happens a year later. Off, like, I don't know, like Buffy did it, or I'm sort of in Buffy right now, but it's always everything sort of happens as they're aging, even though they're all in their 30s at this point. I don't know, it's just, it's weird. I like that they just were like, no, we're just going to keep jumping to big life events for people growing up. And on paper, that's a great idea. Unfortunately, the stakes suck. The characters are all wrong. Like, Allison has, what, two lines? She's She's got a lot more than two lines, though I agree this movie does not manage to give her enough to work with. Though, this exchange from late in the film, how did a little perv like you turn into such a great guy? How did a little nympho like you turn into such a great girl? I'm still a nympho while I'm still a perv. That was beautiful. But that's not beautiful because they're neither in this movie. They don't bone once. The only, this is it. The closest Jimbo gets to boning is fucking that dog. No, he gets his dick sucked in the restaurant while he's trying to propose. That's beautiful. But like, it just seems tacked on. If they were, that's the problem with this movie is it's like a raunchy teen sex comedy. And the first one sort of balanced it out where you like have people trying to understand what sex is. I think the problem is that once the characters don't understand what sex is, the, the movies aren't actually, they're cowardly. They're not actually jumping into like showing sex. So it actually becomes very twee and... Hold on. Th- these are movies for dumb, horny teens. I'm not expecting this to like suddenly transition into like a Strindberg play no, but where that's they what contemplate I'm saying. mortality they're... or like a large Van Trier movie where we watch Charlotte Gainsbourg get absolutely rammed over and over again. But my, but my point is that these are raunchy teen sex movies about people that don't have sex and aren't interested in sex. Especially That's this third one. That's not true. They want to eh. see titties. They want to fuck. Stifler's trying to get it in Candace. And hey, can we, we haven't touched, we haven't talked about the Mad Men of it all, but uh, freaking January Jones, goddamn mm. Betty Draper is in this. I had no idea. I was delighted that January Jones. Oh, her, that's who that is. Her iconic monotone showed up to, to do her thing. I love that, January Jones. But that's what I'm saying. This there. Titties is not sex, and titties is sex for high schoolers because, or middle schoolers and high schoolers because they've never had it. Let me counter with a but quote if you're from the still movie. making fucking titty movies for love, isn't just a feeling; it's shaving your balls. This is a movie about love, 
This movie about commitment. It's not okay. It is. This is Josh. This is what's wrong Jim with this movie. Jim shaves all of his genital hairs right off, and he throws them in the extraction fan. Which, by the way, they're supposed to bring air out of the kitchen, not into the kitchen. I know so that that's, scene sucked. No, that scene was the shot of the cake covered in pubes was amazing. That shit <laughs> that owned. was good. That, that was, was really so good. funny. I like that part. Josh, who gives their vows in this movie? Michelle and, and Jim. Jim does not give his vows. Yeah, he does. He does? Yeah, he gives very generic bad vows, but he does. We're, he starts, then it comes to Michelle, and then she looks and winks at she looks at Jim's dad who winks at her because she goes to Jim's dad for advice instead of her yeah, father, Fred Willard. I really Willard, like that. Which feels like a missed opportunity because Fred Willard is oh, full of wisdom. I'm so glad you brought that up. Fred Willard is waste he's like not even very funny in this movie. No, Why would he's you bring okay. in the He's fine. He's the scene fine. where he confronts the strippers is his best moments for Delightful, sure. Delightful, yes. Um, but for half the movie, he's playing it straight. I think you're right. I think on paper, again, to go back to this metaphor, when you're trying to match the energy of Eugene Levy, absolutely go to Fred Willard. Rest oh my in peace. God. The goat. I mean, obviously, they're old friends. I mean, uh, they've been in a bunch of movies together. Yeah, the Christopher Guest stuff. They're like they could have had so many fun scenes together because they're. This is why this movie's called American Pie: The Wedding, or no, American... It's American Wedding. Get it right, fucker. No, the, this it's sort of like I forget what other movies we've watched where the title on the DVD is different than the title card. It said when I watched it, it said American Pie, and then in small letters, The Wedding. I didn't see that. That's weird. But this is it. Like you have two parents meeting for the first time. Like, this could have been about the wedding rather than, like, random trips to Chicago and Stifler wanting to fuck some girl and then learning, oh, if I just... Some girl? Hold on. Candace is Michelle's sister. I'm sorry. And she knows who Voltaire is. She has a very... She knows who Voltaire is. In the first scene, she's got titties and a book. And it's like, damn. Can you imagine a girl who can read a book and also have tits? I can't. It's insane. And, of course, when you're casting an intellectual, you go to... January Jones. Go to the JJ. Not JJ. Different JJ. There were a couple other absences in this movie, and I don't want to break your heart, but look, this soundtrack was maybe the best soundtrack yet. Oh, really? You thought it was the best one yet? Are you kidding me? Um, The Hell Song by Sum 41 is one of the best uh, Sum 41 songs. Still Waiting by Sum 41 is fantastic. Um, We got some Foo Fighters, some good Charlotte, All-American Rejects, Swing Swing, Avril Lavigne. So wait, you're saying this is the opposite. You were talking about absences, but we're back, baby. This, this is no, soundtrack... this is the first movie. Shut up. Shut up. It's the first movie without Blink-182. Oh, okay. I, I totally feel that. Yeah. And I didn't know that, but I felt that. This feels like the first in the pie verse that doesn't have Blink-182 in it. Yeah. Also, when Finch inevitably pork Stifler's mom, Mrs. Robinson does not play. Which... Yeah. Again, I was weird. a little taken aback by. It's very strange. This does like I do feel like this is a different thing. We're now entering into a thing where we are two steps removed from the original. We, as you said, there's no characters are gone, settings are gone, songs are gone. This is weird. It did not feel to me like it belonged in the universe of the Piverse. Well, this was the least the the worst performer of the big four. I'm excited. Not to watch the fourth. I mean, I mean, I might be. I'm not answering the question. I'm just saying, like, can you imagine if you'd been? I had not been watching these. Can you imagine in 2010 or whatever, the fourth installment the in the gang's series? getting back together? <laughs> can Are you, you imagine? Kidding me? 
being a fan of the Piverse and having the fourth one come out after four probably very bad direct-to-DVD movies. I do believe that all series should have a reunion movie. I do passionately believe this. And it'll be nice in this series to have that uh, enthusiasm tested by exactly that. Yeah. Nine years after the third movie, we come back, baby. I'm actually – I like these characters. I like the tone of these movies. It's great comfort food. I think it is – there's an interesting quote that I read about it uh, by a little man named Roger Ebert. He hmm. said – he rated this three out of four stars. Roger was on board movies. for this. <laughs> I think he gave all of them three out of four stars. The film is proof of the hypothesis that no genre is beyond redemption. And then Elvis Mitchell of the New York Times wrote that the film, quote, struggles so hard to be tasteless that it's almost quaint. And I do agree. I do, too. These movies are kind-hearted movies. They are. there's something nice about it. Now, they are the whitest movies ever made. They are from an era that is now impossible to replicate. But I don't know. This is – you're talking about comfort food for white suburban losers. This is really about as – this is like a big old slice of shepherd's pie. Or a fucking – you know, a, a paper-filled piece of shit. Or, a, you know, a, 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 a cum-filled glass of beer. So I want to... a mouthful at, of John Cho's piss. At this point, I want to... We were talking about the things that are missing, and I do want... I think what we can look at... Because that's hard. It's hard to evaluate how the franchise is doing based on the things that are gone. But I think... Well, we it's have conspicuous to, to close out the, the opening trilogy with so many people right not there. So I want to focus on what's there and how the, how things grow. So let's start off with what Stifler consumes. First movie, come in beer. Second movie, piss off of a railing. Third movie, shit. And I think the arc of the, what Stifler consumes, to me, it really accurately represents how these movies feel to me. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. So you love Come. Come, you're on board for it. Well, yum, here's yum. the thing is the first one seems like, like it could happen to anybody, you know? Like you're at a party. Okay, so you're you accidentally me, most people can have an anybody get a bloge from Tara Reed who asks you to finish in something that is not her, and you go to a cup. So you grab a, a brewsker. Josh, you're telling me you've never come in a cup. I've never come in a cup full of beer, and no, I can actually, I can. If I died and went to Jew Heaven right now, I could look Hashem in the eyes and say, Hashem, I've never dumped a load in just an open plastic cup of light beer that's never happened in my but life you've come in an empty cup i'm sure at some point yeah who yeah hasn't? so i'm just saying who has it's and 2020 charles look here's what i'm saying this could happen to anyone you come in a cup i know it's a waste of beer but like you're looking for something you're not going to come on the bed you're not going to come on the carpet you're not going to come in the sock drawer here's the well, thing people i guess don't you know could this. do the sock drawer cleaning a bedspread is a nightmare it's hard it's not you really Trust me, young, youngsters listening to this, also sorry, and don't tell people you're listening to this, but you, bedspreads are a nightmare to clean, especially if they're stuffed. Oh, my God. Ugh. It's, and then you just, get the cum, and it sort of like sticks to the duvet inside of it, and you're not even right. sure how to clean the thing inside of it. Cause and then you've the got a cum point. duvet for as long as you've got that duvet, and no one wants to replace a duvet. No, they're not sort of expensive. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying the first one, it's like a legitimate thing that – Probably would never happen, but I'm not suspending too much disbelief that I don't want to come on my girlfriend. I got to come in something. Oh, and look, here's Stifler. He's going to drink this beer. They sort of set it up. It's funny. It works. Second one, elaborate. You liked it. I thought it was fine. 
goes I on think for the, the lady getting knocked out by the brick falling was just a little bit of like full Rube Goldberg <laughs> spice I yeah. wanted. Honestly, that was if that delightful. hadn't been in there, I think I would have liked it less. I think the extravagance of everything that needed to happen for this to work was more fun. Well, because in the second one, if she had been conscious and been like, oh, my God, you're drinking is piss. It'd be kind of like. Right. But instead, Stifler has to realize what has happened. So that- all on his lonesome. And a woman's injured, which is funny. I'm glad you're bringing all this stuff up because that's – so we have the first two. Okay, there's about two fingers. One and two. Three no, is over here. No, I can here. see the two fingers. For everyone listening at home, Charles has two fingers up and a third finger as well. Sort of doing the shocker. Okay, because you got one and two together. Or well, you're doing the- a reverse shocker. Right, I'm just this doing is, a- What you're doing is not the correct shocker. His ring finger is down. No, no, your middle finger was down. You want the – shocker is ring finger down. Yeah. Yeah, that's This is it. the shocker. shocker. Okay. So we got one and two. By the way, has anyone ever done the shocker? Has it ever happened? I mean, I, I sure, yeah, of course. But like 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 this. Oh, no, no, not like that's no what I'm saying. No one's ever this, done that. This could be a shocker. This could be a shocker. Like it doesn't matter. But this the, the famed shocker that we all did. Is this one of those things that generationally people are like the fuck are they talking about? I guess we'll find out. Boomers out there, tell us what a shocker is. <laughs> yeah, hit us up in the emails. Drop us a line. What's a shocker? Here's the similarities between number one and two and number three. And I think seeing what Stifler consumes is is directly related to how I feel about these movies. Because number one and number two, it's an accident. And he has to figure out what is happening. And it's funny. Number three, he knows what it is. And it's now some forced, belabored, false thing where you're like, the comedy is coming in. He is aware. And now, like, that's the shift is that we are also aware. We are the Stifler eating shit. Where before we were the Stifler coming, uh, oh, what is this? Is this beer? Is this champagne? No, it's common piss. Ha, ha, ha. Well, let me say this. I did a little rudimentary research just now. Urine in a dream is a symbol of a fiery demonic beginning. In his dream book, Freud gives his interpretation of what it means to urinate with a feeling of bliss in a dream. A person will be freed from his complexes. And are we not watching a transformation of Stifler being freed from his prejudices? Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. That's something. Uh, so moving on. What Jim is caught doing by his father. Number one, scrambled porn in his bedroom. Sock on the dick. Number two, fucking a girl at college. And number three, getting a BJ at the dinner table. Do you want me to <laughs> go through those with you? No, no. I Was there a point to that or are you just listing well, things? I, I was just saying much in the same way that I found some, you know, larger feeling. I think you could use these smaller moments in each film. We were talking about what's there, what's the same throughout each movie to sort of get an understanding of how the movie feels. I think these also sort of correlate in the same way that what Stifler consumes. So you have the, the ways that Jim is caught. And what Stifler, what body part Stifler's eating, or or not body parts? Shit isn't a body part, is it? Uh, bodily substances, perhaps. Yeah, I guess excrement. Mm-hmm. So wait, if we were to graph this, maybe in the style of a five thirty eight, some sort of pollstered, looking at this, what do you predict? Do you want to make a prediction for the eighth installment of the Pieverse now? Like lock it away and see what we get right. What do you think Stifler's going to consume in reunion? And what do you think Jim is going to get caught doing in Reunion? Well, I can only hope that Stifler consumes a living human. 
to me, that's the the next logical step is human sashimi, like from a living person. Wow. But hold on, right. before we go any farther, okay, I'm, I'm on melmagazine.com. Why are we so Why? obsessed with sw- because I'm fucking – I care about our listeners. Jesus God. OK. Um, why are we so obsessed with swallowing cum is the name of the article. OK. So <laughs> why are we so obsessed with semen as a food when it's a bodily fluid? Probably because there's a deep cultural, historical, and spiritual roots as a food. We even call it a superfood because of its ingredients. In the history of male masturbation, we learned that ancient Mesopotamian god Enki was the lord of semen and therefore the fertilizing of plants. I love that semen gets a lord. Well, the Egyptians had their priorities in order. In ancient Egypt, semen battles were settled by getting the loser to eat the other guy's jizz by any method necessary. Egypt was lit. They were just trying to get their fellow Egyptians to guzzle some cum. So wait, okay. was this the origin of what, Oki Cookie or whatever? Essentially, Oki Cookie comes from, we can blame Egypt for that idea. So Aristotle wrote in the 300s, arguing in the BC, of course, arguing that sperms are the excretion of our food, or to put it more clearly, as the most perfect component of our food. Do you think Jim and, or no, sorry, Finch and um, Candace had these discussions late at night? Oh, how, uh, look, once you get through the bore, admittedly dull Voltaire, you're getting into how Aristotle talked about eating cum. So if we think about this, it's like in the first movie, um, Stifler consumes cum. And there's a purity to it. There's this like there's this right. growth to it. There's health. He's laying the seeds of his transformation. Yeah. In the second movie, when he chugs piss, as I alluded to earlier, right. you know, it's a birth. It's it's fiery. It's fresh. Being, no, no, he's being freed from his complexes and that. Okay. Yeah. Now Freud drew a connection between adults' covetous, covet, covetousness. That's hard to say. Freud drew a connection between adults' covetousness. Covetous, <laughs> just skip past. Just keep going. Okay. It's okay. Of gold and babies' obsessions with poop. Freud had an idea. And this is from Stephen Poser, of course, that in the unconscious mind, that money and perhaps gold in particular is equivalent to some kind of shit. I, I, I don't really. They don't really connect the dots there too much. Freud is such a maniac. Freud was wild about shit and piss and cum. What an awesome guy. What I'm trying to say is we're watching Stifler grow into this ubermensch, to borrow a phrase from Nietzsche. I, I, it's hard to argue with that. Like, it it's, is a, it, it, yes. It's, it's, it's so it's, difficult to argue with the series of statements I just made about piss, I'm, shit, and cum. I'm trying to find holes in it, and I can't. So I, maybe I should rewatch The Wedding. I think I might have been too glib. And just sort of like thought it was doing something because, you know, I, I, I see the cum, I see the piss and the shit to me means I, I've never, I've never made the connection between gold and poop, you know? Okay. So as it happens, this is a newer public article and this is something we can all relate to. Uh, Freud traced his gold shit analogy back to antiquity, arguing that the relationship between the two was inextricable. Huh? Quote, we know about the superstition that connects the findings of treasure with defecation, Freud wrote in character and anal eroticism to reinforce the point that on a subconscious level, feces has always been understood as a form of currency. And everybody, this is Freud again, and everybody's familiar with the figure shitter of ducats, <laughs> ducats, excuse me. And everyone's familiar with the figure of shitter of ducats. We all fucking, we all fucking know about the shitter of ducats. Every last one of us, we're all familiar. The classic archetype of the shitter of ducats. Freud was on some shit. Now, it bears noting that if anyone doesn't know Freud, that bitch loved coke. He was all about cocaine, which explains a lot of his deal. Um, so, 
Okay, so let's let's extract more from this poop nugget of wisdom that Freud has golded out of his asshole. Well, that's what another is, thing is poop and gold both come in nuggets. What is embedded in the nugget of poop that, that Stifler eats in American Wedding? Huh. A diamond fucking wedding ring. Oh, wow. Gold we probably too. We have shown tonight a clear psychological trajectory of Stifler confronting his own limits and his own psychological barriers over the course of these movies through his consumption of bodily fluids and solids in the case of the well the dog turd but we can allow the dog turd to be like maybe metonymous to all turds is that I fair think to so. say oh absolutely okay. absolutely i mean especially for something like this where it's so I don't know. I, I think you're right. I wasn't giving this movie enough credit. This is serious shit. This is made by fucking Jesse, the artiste, who's not going to give me some low-hanging fruit that I can gobble without even using my hands. This is fucking manna from the gods, which is, requires work for me to understand that dog shit is equivalent to all shit. Well, and of course, and by extension, money. Right. Um, Adam Hertz has drawn a fascinating portrait of a man on the edge in Stifler. Yeah. Over these movies, we've watched Stifler transform. Yeah, he's he, he's gone from being a nobody to a somebody to the main man. I want to share a quote from American Wedding from Stifler that really resonated with me. <laughs> Stop it. I'm going to be like, you like this shit, mama? And then she'll be like, fucking right, doggy. Suck on my nipples like you're milking a cow. Yeah, and then he's doing the forever at home. He's, he's pretending to milk a cow. I don't think Josh has ever milked a cow. Well, I'm just doing what I learned from Stifler. That's which, true. I thought he was much more like, Wah. It worked well for for Jim. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it worked well for everybody. I mean, he fucks the grandma. Grandma loves it. Stifler loves it. Do you Again, do you think that's the first time Stifler's ever had sex? Great question. Because, I mean, it's, it's alluded to heavily in the second film that he bangs the fake lesbians. But we don't know. And this one, he it, it's clear. This He has sex. He's interrupted, and he says, go away. And then the, it cuts, and she's very happy. And she's, what did she say? She's actually maybe the funniest person in the movie. Uh, the grandma who hates yeah, that yeah. Michelle Zagoy? That shit owned. Yeah. I like it when movies that are overwhelmingly produced by Jews, like, work in stuff just for Jews, and I yeah. love that. Now, she does say she's a Goya, which is a little weird, because Goyasha is a word, or Goy, or Goyim. So Goya was – that's a painter. That's a Spanish painter. That's a that's a brand of bean that we should not be buying right now. Oh, God, because the orange man love it. And he loved the orange man. Oh, God. Look, I don't want to get political, but orange man bad. What happened? My phone dropped. My brother called me and my phone fell. <laughs> Leave it in. Don't cut it. Don't cut it. Which brother? The good one or so, the okay so- one? Somehow I opened up the Google Chrome help page so on the screen it just says, <laughs> how can we help you? <laughs> Get my brother to stop calling me. No, I'll call Mike back. Okay, great. Uh, your younger brother is now a Patreon subscriber. Really? Yeah. So Sam's going to officiate the wedding. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait. Oh, wait. I guess I won't be there. Wait, this You're is the real wedding. You're not going to be... So me and Allie have picked a date for our civil service. Mm-hmm. So we're going to like do the legal part and then we're going to save the Jewish part for the future if there is one when we can have everyone together to do the fun part with the crushing of the cups and the rabbis going you know not until today did I understand marriage uh, I, I've been to a wedding where I saw the, the cup smash my only once in my life 
It was sort of loud. I mean, you're really crushing that cup. Yeah, it's under a piece of fabric or something. But You usually wrap it in a napkin so you're not setting shards of glass flying through the wedding? Yeah. So wait, this must have resonated with you then. Or I guess it didn't because it wasn't really about a wedding at all. But did you go into this movie being like, oh, wow, we're planning our wedding. Just so happened to be watching American Pie, The Wedding. I mean, yeah, me and Allie watched this together after having an emotional talk about some aspects of our wedding. Because planning a wedding, even a very small pandemic wedding, still is full of questions. And by the way, I picked up my outfit. I'm so excited. I'm wearing like my dream wedding outfit. And again, this is for the civil service or for the... This is going to be like a hilltop wedding. It's going to be beautiful, but like very small. But I'm excited for a very intimate thing. Obviously, we want to have all of our friends and loved ones there. And you know... You, we haven't talked about this pivotal part of the movie that's most of the movie, but we're going to have our bachelor party when we can actually hang out again. And and Charles, I'll tell you all about it when it's over. No, I'm kidding. You're going to be one of my grooms, guys. Yeah, Our grooms fellas. I can't wait. I took that. We'll do cocaine. Yeah, we'll I've never done cocaine. In a, oh, you're going to love it. It's good for you. Really? It makes you feel good. Oh, it's great. Uh, and we'll have a, a an erotic uh, maid and a mean cop. That was great. And they'll hit us they'll hit us with stuff. That scene is long and full of actually I think some pretty good stuff. So I'm glad we sort of wound to this cuz this is the other thing we've gone Stifler we're not going to talk about it anymore but just Stifler's eating things, Jimbo getting caught and then the extended boob scene which has so far been in all three movies. Yes, I think to sell these movies they have to have that scene. This by far is my favorite. Really? That's so interesting. Yes. What, did, what did you like about it? So I, th- I think the second one is my second favorite. And if it weren't so boring and like, there's just so much more going on. I love, again, tell me that beautiful man's name who plays what, Bum- Bumbledeer or Belvedere? Well, he plays Bear on the script, but they call him yeah. Mr. Belvedere uh, in uh, that scene. He was the great, great. The great Deborah Rush, who is phenomenal in this. Uh, it's the uh, only scene I found where um, Fred Willard was funny. I thought his moments were really delightful. The, the glasses the, moment is great. The two strippers were actually pretty funny rather than... I, I just didn't find the fake lesbians in the second one to be very funny. And I understand, like, I sort of liked what it was doing with the relationship between the three, three young men caught in the situation. I guess this, what this was funny was each of these, much in the same way of the cum, piss, and shit, you have boys who've never had sex before what are they imagining i don't know just like spying on a girl the second one oh a lesbians that's exciting i've never seen a lesbian before what ha- what would happen if i were sneaking up and got caught this time and then the third one this is like about men and having an actual experience and maybe that's why i liked it the best because it actually was a thing that happens and it was just really elaborate and funny and i liked that all the other boys were stuck doing like covered in chocolate and taped to a chair. It was, it just, I think it worked the best for, and I didn't feel long. I guess that's the main thing is it just, it had enough energy to just keep it going. Right. And then it sets up the classic comedy of errors, which I mean, look, Jim's got to have that sit down talk with Michelle's parents. Absolutely. But due to his own attempt at deception, he inadvertently invites the Randy fellows to have their bachelor party in the very home where he intends to wine and dine his fiance's parents over a nice turkey dinner. And that turkey looked piping hot and ready to eat. 
and dry. Dry as fuck. Oh, man. So, yes, I, I liked th- – they set up the table very nicely for this very elaborate, like, I'll go get the broom scene. I like right. the bears wearing assless chaps, which provides oh, a whole other – that was great. Incredible. I just think these are fun movies. Like, I don't think you hated watching this. I think you're you're running out of patience. It's not – this wasn't – Okay. I, this isn't a bad movie. It's just not no, as good as the first two. It's not a bad movie. I'm, but this is the kind of movie where, when it's boring, I hate being in the room, watch having it on the screen. Like it's just one of those things that I just would turn off and go away. But because uh, of the podcast, I had to sit through it. I just don't think there's really anything. It didn't do anything better except for this one scene. Oh, also, Tall Finch, my favorite joke in the entire movie. Fire away. Wait, that was it. When he's in the bathrooms, like listening to Candace and um, whatever her name is, Michelle. No, that's not her name. That's the actor's name, Allison. Yeah, that's. Oh no, that's no, her name, Michelle. You got it reversed, yeah, yeah. Jiminy Crickets. Yeah, when Michelle and uh, Candace are talking, and and he lays down the paper. That's pretty funny to stand next to the vent, and then it just is like a fucking Leslie Nielsen movie where it just cuts to a man watching him, and he looks like he's eight feet tall, and he just goes go away or whatever, and it's just. A weird moment that didn't fit the comedy of the whole series, but was my favorite part by far. I just want you to look Amanda Zwiston and Nikki Shiler Zeering in the eye. And of course, those are the actresses who played Fraulein Brandy and Officer Crystal. And tell them you didn't like this movie. Yeah, they beat me. They'd clean me and beat me. And I'm okay with oh, that. Oh, she was in uh, Amanda Zwiston was in The Girl Next Door. Uh, which is a movie I've talked about in the same breath of these films. She's in the music video for William Hung's She Bangs. Uh, younger people, don't worry. And uh, Nikki Ziering was the Playmate of the Month for September 97. So she was uh, got some real uh, later runway with that. So, Charles, we're getting towards the end of a very involved and emotional conversation. At this point in the series, knowing that we have no less than five films to go, are you asking when will it end? Well... I am not. I'm delighted to hear that. Surprise, surprise. But I think what this movie, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm, ask, I'm not asking and I'm nervous. But this needs a shot of adrenaline in the same way that Uma Thurman needed a shot mm, of adrenaline in Pulp Fiction. In Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. accidentally snorts heroin and she thinks it's cocaine or something. I don't know what drugs are. But in the same way, this movie needs something and you know the shot, the, the 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 vial or the vessel through which the shot is out is Eugene Levy. So if you can imagine me carrying a little Eugene Levy, oh, I would, st- I'm I'm so happy to imagine that stabbing the movie franchise with a syringe. That's what it's called, a syringe, a Eugene Levy syringe. So he's continuing the energy, but it's going to flow into something new. And that new thing is going to be American Pie presents Colin Bandcamp. Which came out two years later, and it's a whole new cast and a whole new production team. We of course have Eugene Levy holding it down. Um, I'm not going to find out anything more about it for now. I'm, I have um, something. I've got a little tidbit. Okay, what is it? A little hint uh, in the Huffington Post, or I guess they just go by Huff Post or Huff Po or Huff Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Chris Klein is getting interviewed, and they're talking about the sweetness of the the original franchise and how it's carrying over into Reunion. And then this fucking hard as nails interviewer asks Chris and the American Pie presents straight to DVD releases. Those didn't help. And fucking Chris, the the sweet man, God that he is, says, and listen, for us, original generation cast, that's a whole different animal. 
You'll have to talk to somebody over at Universal about that. Wow, I like Chris Klein. What a sweetheart. Yeah, just so, stepped right aside and then go talk about how shitty he did as auditioning to be in Mamma Mia. So quickly, let's just get through MVPs. A good long episode here. I actually am going to give it to Eugene Levy in this episode because I, I love that he that Michelle goes to him for counsel and advice. I love that he has beautiful exchanges with Jim. I love that we can we unlike so many authority figures in these movies, he's kind of one of the gang. And I think in this movie, he's so sweet and so wonderful. And now that my own father is giving me wedding advice, it's nice to see Eugene Levy in that role. So I'm going to give it to the one and only Eugene Levy, a.k.a. Jim's dad, Mr. Levenstein. Yeah, so I could have given it to a Finch. I've been feeling like maybe giving it to Finch the whole time, and he never quite gets there for me, even though he is my favorite of the four. I could give it to the posthumous Oz, because I feel like he should have been in the movie and was basically taken out of the last one. But nay, I'll give it to a character who was actually in this movie. That's brave of you. Yeah, I could give it to a Fred Willard, say, who's new blood, but he wasn't funny enough. So I say once again, nay. You already said who you picked. I could give it to Mr. Jason Biggs, who I'd hate, so I will never give it to a Jason Biggs. I, I still love think... Jason Biggs' willingness to be. I know you do. Yeah, it's great. He's so boring. Uh, I could give it to a Mr. Eugene Levy. You already said who you were going to give it to. Wait, who did I say I was going to give it to? Finch. No, I'm not going to give it to Finch. I said I could give it oh, to Finch. Oh, God. Okay, keep going. I'm going to give it to Eugene Levy. Okay. Is that is good? Good. Well, I got some suspense in there, you know? Well, speaking to Levy's increasingly pronounced role in the franchise, uh, one trivia piece is on the first American Pie, he was only on set for three days of filming. For this movie, 35 days of filming. I think you you nailed it. Um, this is Stifler's movie, and this is Dad's movie. And I, I really don't think Stifler worked. And for half this movie to basically be about a son confronting... Like, the last line of the movie is him talking just like his dad. And it was... A really, if I think the movie were better, that would have been a beautiful way to end it. And this is a tribute to to Jim's dad, and uh, he finally gets the MVP. He sure does. And Charles, um, before we head off to band camp, I want to leave you and our listeners with one last line from American Wedding, from of course Steve Stifler. Charles, our listeners, happy fuck day, ass mouth. Coming through, loud and clear. What's that, a little Celts? A little Celts, baby. Nice. Gotta wet the whistle. Whoop, whoop. Um, oh, wait. Hold on. Oh. Your phone fell. I can tell your phone fell. Do you want me to close this? Yeah, please. He dropped the phone. Thanks. Living at the 101, California, here we come, right back where we started from, California, here we come. Sorry, I just dropped everything, but I'm back. Did you ever watch uh, The O.C.? No. You should. Is that about Orange County? Mm, Yes, it's about Orange County, but it's not like the movie Orange County, which is also about Orange County. Would you imagine? 
that.